for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus and I'm the host of this show. I'm joined by old man Trev, Scunny Mike and from the Guna fanzine, Dan Mountney. Today we're going to look ahead to the FA Cup fourth round game. Uh, against Southampton and we'll briefly look back at the Newcastle game and the positives we saw on that. We'll have a Guna debate and much, much more. Boys, uh, welcome to the show again. Trev, uh, I don't know how much abuse we're going to get in the in the chat about uh, who's Tweedledee and Tweedledum and pure and simple and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So just, you know, don't go all out and be a commando or anything like that, okay? Um, so, we're not, not going to get it. We're not going to get any abuse today. Julie gets the abuse, my son, and I just take a bit for you. That's all it is. Oh, okay, okay, what we doing okay, up this okay. bloody football at 12.15 just for television? What are we doing up this early anyway? I'm right grumpy. I've had to get up, do my bed. I've even put some trousers on today underneath the table because I know Fergus might call me out this morning, so I'm prepared for him. I'm all ready to go, but I'm not happy. Carry on. <laughs> Morning. <laughs> <laughs> morning morning scunny how are you i'm all right if you want some abuse i could call you to the the proclaimers <laughs> well my beard is a bit a bit more tidy this morning rather than uh, granddad over there you know so well, good to see you haven't seen haven't seen you on here for a little while no you haven't it's it's, it's nice to get invited back in <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's good it's good to rotate and somebody we have invited back in uh from the Guna. Fergus is gone. Oh, no. Fergus, come back. Man down. Oh, what a, what a bad free spray <laughs> that is. He's gone. Anyway, using that McDonald's. Let's ignore well, Fergus. Oh, yeah, we don't need him. We don't need him. We'll be all right. Well, I'm back. I'm delighted to be back. I can't believe I've been invited back, but here I am. Oh, here he is. Fergus, is, Fergus has returned. <laughs> I have I have returned back, and I was just in, I, introducing you, saying welcome from the Gunner fanzine, Dan Mountney. My internet is really dreadful. I may have to move rooms in a second, but we'll carry on for now. Um, how are you, Dan? You okay? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm, I'm glad to be back. Brilliant, brilliant. Listen, we're going to use, do the normal format, which is we'll briefly look back at the Newcastle game. There was loads and loads and loads of positives to take out of that game, uh, and it would be unfair not to cover it in some way or shape or form we'll look ahead to uh, our trophy sorry the fa cup fourth round um and against southampton we've got a double header with southampton this week as well uh, and we have a couple of other little topics that we're going to look at we obviously we have matt ryan in uh the chance of maybe more signings over the weekend socrates is gone uh, some scousings uh, and just generally how we feel this january is going overall for for the arsenal so starting with the Newcastle game, with just nine days apart between the Arsenal's 2-0 victory in the FA Cup, which got us into this next round against Newcastle on the 9th of, journey, the sh- 9th of January, the shortest gap for the Gooners um, uh, between home wins against an opponent since January t- uh, t- uh, 2008. Um, Abamyang hit the post from a very tight angle in the first half. The first half, what did you make of the first half, Dan? Um, I thought we were kind of a little bit slow and laboured. Um... But we definitely picked up in the second half. And as for that Aubameyang chance, I think it was uh, the lack of confidence and maybe the reason why I didn't take that. I think, you know, last season we would have seen him put that in the back of the net. But, you know, we got the win in the end. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Mike, in, in first half, anything to add on there? Did you see any any um, any any other positives? Or was it just it did feel like it was just gonna be Groundhog Day again, didn't it? No, it was crap on it, let's face it. <laughs> yes, it is, it is. Oh. <laughs> it's too early not to say it, not, not to do it any any better. It was crap. The first half was boring. I was nearly asleep. Fine. Trev, you uh, had lots of positives. If we look into the, going into the second half, 50 minutes in, Bamyang opens um, the scoring. Then uh, it was doubled by Smith Rowe with a great assist from Saka. And Bamyang scored his second uh, before being taken off uh, with a fantastic assist um, by Cedric Suarez, uh, where the ball went behind the line, but not entirely. So, like, if if it was goal line decision, it would wouldn't be, wouldn't have been a goal. So, what what did you make of of, of the Newcastle game? Because you said before we came live, you had loads of positives to talk about this. So, firstly, the ball didn't go behind the line, did it? Sort yourself out, son. The ball either did or didn't go behind the line. It didn't go beyond the line and we scored. Going back to the first half, I disagree with, with my good friend Mike a little bit. I thought that um I thought that we weren't we, you know we weren't brilliant, but I didn't think we were that poor. We created a couple of chances another day we go in at half time two nil up. But anyway, and in the second half, I always felt that we'd 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 win the game in the second half. Um the ball from party to Alba for Alba's goal was was just sublime to see once it was sublime and it's exactly what it is exactly a hundred percent what we have been missing from our midfield that forward cutting defense splitting ball to our forward for our forward to run onto and then when Albert hits it and it's the back of the net you just think yes he's, he's going to be on his way now he's got to be on his way but I just want to say good morning to my mate King in Australia by the way he's tuning in and uh I said I'd say good morning to him you know, anybody else you want to just uh, chat to? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I'd rather chat to them than you, pal. You see, so all oh, right, okay, uh, there we go. <laughs> it's where we're ready, isn't it? Jesus, what have I come to? It's a bit this, isn't it? Jesus, <laughs> what are we on, Jeremy Kyle? <laughs> hey, no, listen, uh, uh, the, the second goal, right? Saka's goal. I don't know what you boys thought, but. They, they they showed it back on on match of the day and 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 they got it exactly right. I can't remember who it was was or what, no, it wasn't on match of the day. It was on Sky. One of them was 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 stopping it and the the run from ES from Smith Rowe, the ball yeah. was just glued to his foot, wasn't it? And and for such a young player, they they freeze framed it. So many players, experienced and inexperienced, would have just cut that ball into the middle into a space and out. That a forward was going to get on it. But if you look closely, Emil Smith Rowe actually looks up before he crosses that. Although he's running quickly with the ball at his feet and he's coming into the box, he still found a split second to look up, saw Saka, and the cross and the finish was just was just just made me smile for for days after thinking about how good a move that was, you know. And then and, um, obviously the third goal. Go on, sorry, mate. No, I, 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 come on, go to do the third goal because there was something else I was going to go on to. Yeah. Well, the, the third goal you just touched on, Fergus, didn't you? In that, uh, the, the angle that Suarez created by taking that ball to the byline, all right, we all thought it might have been out, but it wasn't. There's technology that showed it wasn't out. The angle that he, he created to, for that cross is, is another thing that would be missing badly. Bellerin, I'm not, I've never thought Bellerin. I rate him a bit more than a lot of people do, actually. But that, 
Bellerin would have never got to that line and created that angle and cutting the ball back like that. They're the ones they can't defend because the goalkeeper's going the wrong way. The goalkeeper's watching the ball go away from him, so they're going towards him. They get a bit disorientated. The, the defenders have to turn and watch the ball going back away from the goal. And uh, it, it was a great move. And then once again, Alba scoring this is what we need. He's on his way again, hopefully. So, yeah, I was full of praise for the second half, mate. Full of praise. Yeah, uh, the second half, outstanding. First half, I'm probably more in Mike's camp in the sense that I found it a bit, uh, a bit of hard, a hard watch. And I was worried that Newcastle were just going to do what they did to us in the cup and just try and hold out for an in-lil draw. Um, Dan, the, uh, it was the... Uh, fifth consecutive clean sheet in all competitions for Arsenal for the first time since February uh, 2009 when we had a six uh, in that run. Uh, we mentioned Cedric uh, and we mentioned the defensive back line. What, what did you make of our defensive performance? And ha ha clearly people are seeing that that's where uh, Arteta has concentrated first and foremost. Yeah, I mean, well, firstly on Cedric, I've, I'm not exactly been his biggest fan you know I, I thought it was a, a bit of a bizarre sign when he made it but I have to agree he was superb against Newcastle um, and as as for the defence as a whole I think the, the improvement in, in Rob Holding's form has been key to that Trevor I know you're a big fan of Holding um, he just looks he looks more like a leader now and he looks someone who can marshal that defence and get people organised um, and I think Arteta as well he's, he's had his critics understandably after that bad run of form but the improvement in the defence and the structure, and even you look at set pieces, I know there's been a bit of talk about the set piece coach and how he's helped, but we look so much more organised and we look like a unit rather than it, you know, being scattergun as it, been, as it has been in the past. So I think Arteta deserves a big, bigger, big amount of credit for that. Mike, your thoughts on party is this fifth game, I think, for us now. Um, I I personally hadn't watched him in, in Spain at all. I don't watch anything else, but mostly Premier League and... and mostly Arsenal, if I'm honest. What did you think of his performance and his performance alongside Shaka and that midfield? Yeah, yeah, his performance was really good. Uh, I quite enjoyed it, um, especially in the second half. He was making moves. So it's it's the little crosses that he was doing. Uh, it's it's his passes that seem to have made the goals happen, you know, from the... You know, he started them off. So it's, it is looking good, but I think it's... it's to say... What a lot of people are saying about him in, you know, social media and stuff. I think it's a bit too early for something like that yet. You know, it's not the, it's not going to be the saviour. You know, we need a lot more than just Partey to come in to be the saviour of the club. Um, uh, but, in that sort uh, of respect. No, I, I, I get what you mean. And, and a lot of people are, you know, they're talking about this young lad from Madrid, which we'll talk about in a few minutes as well. Uh, and saying, I how can't wait for you to say that, that <laughs> the chap from Real Madrid is what he'd be called. Odegaard, I think it yeah. is, as it has pronounced. Um, I have been practicing that, I must admit, and I'm on lime and soda. So, you know, if it was if it was on the old Fosters of the Scotch, then uh, it, I definitely, definitely, definitely would struggle. Um, but uh, it, I, I think, uh, and any one of you can just come back in on this. I think, I think um, what Arteta and probably Edu as well are trying to do is is build. A spine in the team. They've started off with Gabrielle, and you got holding. You've now got. Um, you've now got. Um, sorry, my phone is gone. You've now got uh, Gab uh, Gab party in the centre, and then if we can. Uh... <laughs> Go on then. He's trying to build a spine. That's all I'm saying. Have you got anything to say on it then, Trev? 
since obviously you piped up. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. Absolutely, I have. I'll tell you what he's doing. He's not just building a spine. He's building competition for places. And that is that is that is crucial because I think the, the players that were performing, the players that were sailing along, I don't have to name names, we know who they are, are now looking twice the players they were eight or ten weeks ago because they're watching what's going on around them and thinking, I've got two options. I can either go along for the ride or I'm gone, I'm out of this team. And they're coming along for the ride. You know, when you think now, Mustafi, who, who was walking into the side, is now probably fifth choice centre back at, at best. At best, Willian is probably fourth or fifth choice across across the, the line just behind our front player. You know, um, Xhaka and and he's now thinking, my God, I'm watching what's going on around me, and I'm and I'm having to play better football. And he is credit to the man; he is playing better football, I think. Um, I think he's building competition for places around the park, and the spine is is looking really good. I'm, I'm trying not to get carried away. I know we've gone five games unbeaten. I'm not. I'm trying not to get carried away, but I'm feeling really positive about what's happening at the Arsenal at the moment. I'm watching how we seem to be developing after the bad run. He's made the changes, and and I'm excited. I'm excited. We've got a long run coming up, Trev. Yeah, but we've got a long, we've got, is, a long we've got a long slog and a long, you know, fixtures are gonna come thick and fast and they're not against crap opposition either. Yeah, but, yeah, but the thing is, right? The thing is, we've now got people that can step in. I mean, look at last week. We had we had Saka ESR and Alba playing across the, the, the what I like to call the three behind the front forward. We've still got Martinelli that can step in there. I'm trying not to disrespect these lads, right? I'm trying not to. But we've got Enketia, Nelson, Willock, Maitland-Niles who are going to come in if they're needed. And I think that's the best they can offer us at the moment. I don't want to be disrespectful to them. But I, I don't think they're up quite there at the very top grade. So, Mike, I, I, honestly, mate, I, I just feel that whereas maybe a year or two ago we'd lose a player from a position who wasn't very good anyway and we had nothing to come in behind them now if we want to lose or rest a player we've got someone after that comes in behind them he's going to fill the gap you know so i get your point mike i really do but no what i'm saying is it's going to be a long old slog over the next few weeks you know we have got some games coming up and not all of them, are, you know, it's it's going to be a, a tough one. And I think my issue is, obviously, when we're watching the games like we did against Newcastle, especially the first half and the game against Crystal Palace, you know, it's 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 a, it's a hard slog. And the issues I've got with these games is when teams do that double block or, you know, that, that low block or that double bank of four against us, I think we, it leaves us very open, you know, it's especially when they hit us on the break. And it, it's stuff like that. And I think we need to have some answers for them sort of, that type of formation against us in that type of, well, like I say, yeah, that type of formation against us. That's the issue that I'm finding at the minute. Well, the, the, the games you're looking at, we've got um, Southampton again on Tuesday. Then the following weekend, we've got Man United. Then we've got Wolves. I don't, I don't think it matters home or away these days. Uh, then you've got Villa. Uh, and then you're looking at Valentine's Day. You've got Leeds. You know, I think... 
most of those games we can get some sort of result out of there, especially building some belief. Um, you only have to look further up into Manchester and see what um, uh, Ollie's doing with a, a pretty average on United Man United team. I, I, I think if you can build some belief and get, get one result and take one game at a time, I know it's a cliche, I think you can build into that. Um, some of those youngsters you mentioned, who, who Dan, do you see in this Southampton uh, lineup, or uh, the lineup that you expect to see against Southampton uh, today? Um, and a very early kickoff it is too. But who, 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 do you, um, who do you see any of those youngsters we're looking at getting a, getting a, a goal today? Um, I think they probably will, but I'd quite like to see Arteta just go with his strongest team. I know we've got a pile up of fixtures and, and it's a bit congested, but you know, you've got to keep the momentum going. Um, we, we just we just need to keep that run of, of unbeaten games going. And I think going with the strongest team is, is probably the best option. I wouldn't be surprised to see the likes of Willock, maybe Nketiah, um, maybe even Nelson as well. It'd be nice to see them get a chance, but I do think the strongest team possible would be the best thing for Arteta to do. Yeah, Trev, would you start with your strongest lineup and then rotate and bring on some of that youth if needs be? Or would you go the other way around? It's not my internet. <laughs> Mike, sure you go. Internet focused. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's me. I'm in. I, I, I'd love to see our strongest team focused. I would love to see our strongest team. But Dan's now the... I can't see it happening. We've got another game on Tuesday. Um and I can see us making the changes as he normally does in the FA Cup. I, I can see I can see Pepe starting. I can see Nelson and Nelson starting, and probably Maitland Niles and Bellerin. So and Gabriel needs a run out, doesn't he? So it wouldn't surprise me to to see quite a few changes. But I'm with Dan all the way. I'd love to see our strongest team put out to start the game and uh, and keep this great run going, mate. As long as there's as no said, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, if if we could if we could loan the player out and pay his wages, he'd be one I'd I'd uh, like to send out to Fenerbahce to keep um, uh, somebody else company. <laughs> um, first of two games in four days between the two sides. Southampton are hosting today, and again, it's it's at ours. I think on Tuesday, uh, eight fifteen kickoff. No, Danny, it is at Southampton as well, is it? Both yeah, away. I, to be honest, I, I'm losing track just because it's, it, you know, you're not going to the game. So, you know, um, so Danny Ings is available for them. Uh, he's recovered from a hamstring and also been off with uh, testing positive for coronavirus. Oh. Matt Ryan, uh, Matt Ryan, um, uh, Mike, uh, do you see him starting instead of Berliner? And Yeah, I, I can see him getting it. Yeah, I can see him getting the nod. Yeah, why not? You know, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not new to the Premier League. You know, he knows the Premier League in and out. He's been at Brighton for God knows how long. Um, so, yeah, why not? He's, and what, what, do you, what, what do you make him as a signing? Do you think it's a good signing? Do you think it's a clever yeah, signing? Yeah, I think it's a good signing. I think it's decent, you know. We needed it, in fairness, because Runnison didn't look up to up to scratch, did he, really? Let's face it, you know. He, I think that kid probably needs a loan to a championship club or a Premier League club or something. Uh, just, you know, to bring him up to this sort of level you know to help him out so yeah i think it's a great signing in fairness and i know there's a lot of stats kicking about about him at the minute um but i think people have got to remember he didn't really after when sanchez got the nod to come in at brighton matt ryan only came in against the big teams uh for brighton you know so a lot of the time is you, you got to think he's going to get goals scored against him so his stats are going to go down slightly but i think he's a good goalkeeper he's he, he looks really good 
And I don't think we wouldn't assign we wouldn't assigned him for no reason. You know, well, they I must have been we... looking at him. Yeah, but obviously we needed a keeper, but they've obviously been yeah. watching him, they've been looking at him. You know, they're gonna make the decision. So we've got to trust that process in some respect. Dan, uh, have you yeah, seen much of yeah. Matt Ryan and what, what what's your thoughts on him? I'm I'm delighted with the signing, to be honest, for multiple reasons. I think firstly you know, we've we've spoken about Renarsson a lot and how he needed to be replaced. Um, and we've done that. We've gone out and got someone who is a reliable second choice. And I think that is what you need in a second choice. You don't you don't necessarily need a world class keeper. You need someone who's going to be reliable. And that I think Matt Ryan is that. He's got Premier League experience and he, he's someone who over the number of years he's been at Brighton, I've been quite impressed with. So I'm pleased with that. But I'm also pleased in terms of the fact that we're addressing the issues within the squad we need to. And I think it was the same kind of thing with Odegaard as well even though it is a loan we're addressing the problems we have going out and recruiting players and Trev was talking earlier about having you know second choice options in in throughout the entirety of the squad and I think you need players like Ryan and people like Pablo Mari and Cedric who are just they're not world beaters but they're reliable options mm, mm. um I know you were talking about it Trev that you're not overly keen on these loan sort of moves <laughs> And, you know, I think to try and... I think because there'll be quite a lot of players leaving still in the summer and contracts to be sorted out and stuff like that, um, I, I don't have an issue with loan moves at this moment in time, especially in this weird uh, year that we're in, that there's going to be no no fans in the stadium, no money, and, and, and our, our model is very much generated by uh, match day income. So why, why are you so against the loan moves then, Trev? Oh, Fergus, I, I just think it's me being old-fashioned, to be honest with you, mate, and not keeping up with modern-day football and the methods and the transfers and how things are done nowadays. I mean, in my head, in the old days, if you got loaned out, it was because you weren't good enough to play for your club, and that was it, full stop, you know. Um, so it's just me being old-fashioned, I think. Um, you know, in fairness to uh, Scunny and... Uh, 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 and that have uh, of, of, of nailed it perfectly, and Dan have nailed it perfectly about Ryan. He's, he's got experience, you know. Is and the first thing I do nowadays when we sign a player or when we bring a player in is go straight to his old club's Twitter and have a look. And I, I, I clicked onto uh, Brighton's Twitter page last night, and uh, there wasn't many that wanted him gone. They were all quite gutted that he'd gone, you know. So. I think we've got we've got a very decent backup. We might even have someone that challenges Leno for his place. Although at the moment with Leno, you can't fault him. I mean that double save from Carroll in the FA Cup that Leno made, the way he got up and blocked Gen, mm. knocked it away with his hand, was exceptional. Was absolutely exceptional. So yeah, it's just me being old-fashioned with loads, Fergus. I need to I need to knock myself out of it, but I can't make you know that's the way I am, pub. You say I had this. Well, I, I've got this with Max. Sorry, I've just I've got uh, Max is the same on Ars Brothers. If you watch it, Max is like you, Trev. In fairness, he just doesn't understand these loan moves and stuff. But the way I see it at the minute is because the you know because the everything's the way it is within the world at the minute, and no fans are in the stadium. It makes more sense to give someone a loan than it does to actually go out and buy. You know, spend that twenty, thirty, forty, fifty million. It just I don't think anyone's got that type of money just to go out and throw away these days. And I think the loan moves makes more sense. Yeah, I agree. And, and and that's why I think more clubs are doing it. I think that's also why clubs aren't offering new contracts and players are, and agents are using power to, to run the contracts <coughs> down. 
Getting back to the Southampton game, Pablo Mari's ruled out for a calf injury, but Ceballos is having a late fitness test. Um, Callum Chambers could be handed a rare start for the Arsenal team. Uh, would you like to see Callum on there, Dan? Um, I think it's important that he gets some, get some minutes back in his legs. He's obviously been out for a long time and I think he's only played once, hasn't he, since he came back in the Europa League. So he probably does need some minutes. I don't know how much Arteta particularly sees him within his plans. I think he might be someone who, who has moved on in the summer, but you know, you don't ever want to deny a footballer a chance to play. So it would be good to see him get, get some action today. Yeah, he's had two Europa Leagues and one one start for the under-21s in the EFL yeah. trophy. Team news should be out soon. Who, uh, Trev, do you see from the Southampton side as a major threat? Like Danny Ings, since he's gone there, has been um, quite prolific. They've got Shane Long. They've got a few, a few decent players. They've also got Theo Walcott, you know. Um, who do you see as a main threat, Trev? Why are you asking me that question? You know I don't watch other clubs. Just... I ain't got a clue who played Southampton, apart from Walcott. Right. That's it. Okay, well. <laughs> uh, Mike, could I have a sensible answer to my question? I ain't got a clue, mate. I ain't, I'm the same as Trevor. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am. I ain't got a clue. I, I'll allow us as the ones that you said, Theo Walcott and Danny Ings. That's it. I don't take no uh, notice. Right. Here, I'll, here, I'll, here, I'll, step here. I'll step up. Yeah, yes. A, a true professional helping me out here. Come on. Thank you, Dan. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you obviously mentioned Ings, I think, yeah, in terms of goals, he's their main threat. But you look further back and James Ward-Prowse, for me, is the one you've got to watch out for. Uh, brilliant passer of the ball and his set plays as well. Great delivery. And and if if they get a direct free kick in and around the box, we're in trouble because a lot of the time he's getting them on target or finding the back of the net. So they've got to find a way to keep Ward-Prowse quiet for me. And who would you say, uh, Hasselhutten and Arteta, uh, who would you say that this... Which game means the more to them? This FA Cup fourth round game or the Premier League game coming up on Tuesday? And I'll, I'll start with you, Dan, and I'll ask the other guys afterwards. A bit of a tough question, that. Um, I think if you were to ask a manager that, they'd say every game matters. Um, but I think for Arsenal, you're probably looking more at the FA Cup because, you know, it's our trophy and we're defending it. I think that's probably the view Arteta would take. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, if you were to ask a manager, they, they probably wouldn't give you an answer on that. No, a bit like you did. <laughs> <laughs> Trev, can you give me an answer to that question, I wonder? Absolutely, I can, my friend. Absolutely, I can. <laughs> For me, <laughs> Dan's right, right? Dan's right in that the FA Cup is our trophy and it's important to Arsenal and it's our history and I love to see us win. But for me... For me, the FA Cup is all is all as a, a from me, my perspective. The FA Cup is all about fans, all about fans. I love going to an FA Cup game as a football fan and playing these teams you don't normally play against, and then getting to Wembley and going up Wembley Way, blah blah blah. So, I've no doubt that Arteta wants to win the FA Cup again as much as um, as much as as he ever did. Importance for me at the moment. I want to see us continue our league form. I want to see us keep winning games and moving up that league and challenging for that top four spot. Um, that's what I want most of all. But obviously, the FA Cup. I'd love to see us progress. I'm just thinking if um, if 
Donna did ask you before the, the, the show started if you needed Captain Morgans. And I'm wondering if maybe the Captain Morgan level is a bit too low. Uh, and that's why you've been a little bit temperamental today. Uh, who knows? Mike, who do you think, who do you, what, what game do you think would be prioritised more, if any? And would the Southampton manager want to prioritise the league or the FA Cup? Or, and likewise with Arteta. Well, the only thing I can say is, is, obviously, if it was me, I'd concentrate on the FA Cup, if I'm being honest. It's a trophy. It gets you into Europa. You know, it is one of them things that we need. It's, it's silverware at the end of the day. And I think there's more chance of winning the FA Cup than there is pushing for that top four at the minute. I think with the league being so up and down, I know I know there's a lot of people out there and I know there's a lot. that I think we're three, four points off top six, is it, or something? I'm not yeah. entirely sure. It's you've got to think. Yeah, we're only three points off top six, but that means that person who's in the top six or in sixth has got to lose, and all the people in between us and the person in the top six has got to lose. We've got to win. They've got to lose. So it's it's a lot. It's a big ask for something like that. It is huge at the minute. So I would like to see us concentrate on the FA Cup. It's a trophy. It's our trophy. You know, we're four-time winners. Fourteen-time winners. Sorry. Uh, it'd be nice to get that 15th and keep pushing that away from other people. You know, it's a record that we can keep pushing away and we can run away with. And I think that's, it's a nice thing to do. Um, sorry, what was your other I, question? I, I was just saying off, off the two managers uh, who would want to win today more than, and, and I think you probably answered that in the sense that Arteta will concentrate on it. Yeah, that, that, that'd be me. I don't know what Arteta would like to do. I think obviously uh, the league is important as well. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I think if I'm being honest with Southampton, with where where they are in the table at the minute, I think they're they're above us at the minute um, by two points. I think we've got 27, they've got 29. They're in a good position to get into the top six. I think he'd like if I was a Southampton manager, I'd probably concentrate on the league rather than the FA Cup, you know, because they can make a real push for it. You know, they're not yeah. they're not doing bad at the minute. They're not they're not great. They're hit and miss. But I think as a as a in a league position, if I was a Southampton manager, I'd be wanting to concentrate on that. Yeah, I think I think Europe is obviously uh, everybody's goal in some in some guys. Personally, I know we've enjoyed some really good Europa uh, League games uh, and uh, some away days, even ones that Trevor won't even remember um, uh, that he's been to. <laughs> Which ones does he remember? I, this is true, actually, Mike, isn't it? So, hotel room, hotel rooms on 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 um, on podcast when he's trying to I get. Saw, into I saw him in Burnley once, but he tells me one day he was never there. <laughs> that was that two pound pint of Guinness. Um, right. uh, moving on, change that. Moving on, change that. Change that. Yeah, fine. Okay, <laughs> I'm just trying to get it up here. You read out the team, then, mate. Right, we've got uh, Leno in goal. Uh, Bellerin, Holding, Gabriel and Suarez across the back. So either Bellerin or Suarez will be playing out of position. Elneny, Xhaka, Pepe, William, Martinelli and Enketia. I wouldn't want to be Martinelli carrying that lot up front, let me tell you. Yeah, I'm still trying to find it on Twitter, bloody hell. Oh, we've got Ryan wow. and Renarsson on the bench. Really? We've got Ryan at... I know yeah. you get five subs, right. but Jesus. No, <laughs> we get one, two, three, four, five. We get nine subs. R Renarsson, no, Ryan, we get, we James, five, we, three. No, you can make five subs, yeah. Trev, sorry. 
I apologise, mate. You can oh, make yeah. five subs, can't you, in this game? Yeah. Yeah. So, so is that is is that is that no, um, it, that's not that's a a mixture of a side really. It's not really a strong side, but it's not a weak side. Williams on there for you, um, uh, Dan. So that will please you. Oh, delighted. <laughs> I can see it written all over your face. Um, so, how confident are you with that with that team then? Um, not very confident at all. I'd, I'd say to to Saka and Lacazette, get your tracksuits off and get ready before kickoff, lads, because they're going to be needed, aren't they? Looking at that team, uh, is, that, yeah. is there no throw there on the bench? Not, no, it's not even in the squad. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a bit disappointing for me. I think he's someone who can really make a difference off the bench. We saw that in the last round, so yeah, I'm not not overly pleased with that team, but I understand why he's kind of rotated. You got Maitland Niles on the bench. He could he could play in that sort of uh, you know more midfield role and 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 have an impact. You got Willock as well. Willock and Saka seem to uh, work quite well together, and you got also got Party on the bench. So uh, there is some strength, and there is some. I don't know if Party's a game changer yet, but there there there, there are players on there that coach, as you mentioned, Saka and Lacazette could change uh, change the game. So I don't know. I don't mind uh, the back goal four. I don't mind the back four. The back four, I'm happy with. Yeah. I don't mind that. Yeah. It's when you start looking for Bellerin. Back four, mm. Where's the creativity Beller. coming from today? Where's the creativity coming from in midfield today? There isn't any when you've got... Um, unless they're, are they doing a three? No, they're not doing a three. Um, unless, that, looks unless, like, that looks like a 4-2-3-1 formation. That. It does. Yeah, it does. Willian will be at 10, won't he? And then yeah. Pepe and Marcelli either side. Yeah, but you can play William. You can play William out out wide and put Martinelli in it. So I think they'll probably swap around a little bit um, throughout the game. So Martinelli's a left winger. Martinelli's a left winger. He's he's out and out left winger. He's never going to come into that number ten role. Yeah. Okay. 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 So uh, goal uh, predictions, Mike. What's your score prediction in ninety minutes, and then ultimately what the game uh, if it goes into extra time, what will happen? Yeah. Well, I said one-one earlier, so I'm going to stick with that. Then that's in uh, that's in normal time, and then I reckon we'll win two-one in extra time. But okay, I don't okay, know now. <laughs> um, well, last time I was on here, I think it was for the Palace game. I said four-one, and it obviously finished nil-nil. So I'm going to be a bit more conservative this time, and I'm going to say a one-nil Arsenal win. Okay, are we going for a four-nil, Trev? <laughs> No, not at all, Fergus. Not with, I, I said 2-2 two, two earlier, and I'm going to stick with it, but I can't see that defence letting two in. Oh, God, I'm digging an hole here. But I can't see that forward line of ours scoring two either. So I, I really, really worry about Elneny, Xhaka, William and Enketia in the same forward line. I, I don't see anybody there that has really played well. The only one that's been playing quite recently, in fairness, is Xhaka. And so Xhaka is key today. Xhaka is key today in that does he play as he has been because he had the great players around him or now he's playing in a weaker side? Does Xhaka keep his standards raised and lead this side as we hope he will? Or does he revert to his old ways and lower himself to the levels of the players that are, that are playing around him, you know, on recent form? Be interesting to see, mate. Be interesting to see. I don't think we let two in, and I don't think we score two, but I'm sticking with 2-2. Two, two. They've got okay. quite a strong squad out. 
Just yeah, I'll bring their squad up in a minute. Um, uh, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go for um, uh, a 1 1 still and uh, 90 minutes. Um, I think it's going to go to all the way to penalties, unfortunately, boys. I think it's uh, all the way to penalties. Um, right, I'm just trying to bring up the Southampton team here so we can bring that up on the screen. Uh, one second. Oh, I was saying to Dan before that before this started, I switched to a, a Mac, and uh, I really, really, they're brilliant, but I am just really struggling. I can't get the Southampton team up. Uh, we'll, we'll help you out, mate. It's what we're in for. Yeah. So, um, some of the other things to look at: Southampton have won just five, uh, just one of the last um, nine meetings with Arsenal in all competitions, drawing three, losing five. A three-two victory in December um, 2018. I remember that one. That was probably one of the nails in Wenger's coffin. I think that was that was a Boxing Day fixture. Arsenal have been victorious in all four of the previous FA Cup ties against Southampton, uh, going on to win the trophy in the last three occasions. They beat the Saints in '79. 2003 and 2017. Southampton have won uh, just three of the last 17 FA Cup matches against Premier League oppositions, beating Blackpool in 2010-2011 season, Watford and West Brom en route to the semi-final in 2017-2018. Arsenal have won 11 of the last 12 FA Cup game, away games, losing uh, the other at Nottingham Forest in January 2018. And I think, were you at that one, Mike? I think you were, weren't you? No, no yep, sorry, I've muted myself because I was uh, <laughs> just sorting something out. But no, I wasn't at the Not Forest one. No, it's not far away from me either, to be fair. But no, I didn't get down to that one. Okay, uh, guys, the other things we want to talk about in the chat um, we've done Matt Ryan. Um, right, Odegaard, I know nothing of him. I know he's played about six games, I think, under Z Zidane at uh, Real Madrid. He's a young player who's played alongside Sabias in the past. Um, I I um I don't know much about him. Dan, do you, you you've said beforehand you're very excited about this one. Do you want to talk a little bit about him? Yeah, so with Odegaard, he's, he might be a name that a lot of people recognise him a few years ago. He was a really, you know, highly rated, highly sought after young player. Um from about the age of 15, a lot of clubs were after him and he did eventually go to Real Madrid. Uh, during that time he actually visited Arsenal's training ground as the club tried to kind of woo him to join. But as I say, he chose Real Madrid. Um, and he's had a bit of a tough time there. He's had a couple of loan spells in the Netherlands where he's done okay. But it was last season where things really started to come together for him. Uh, he went to Real Sociedad and was named La Liga's Young Player of the Year, putting some superb performances in that number 10 position. I'm just going to bring up his stats now. Um, he, had, he had a number of goals and assists. I'll just find out exactly how many. Um, so yeah, in 38, 36 games in all competitions, he had seven goals and nine assists. So was really quite productive, um, and, and impressed a lot of people. Hence why Real Madrid brought him back in. Um, but he's not had the opportunities under Zidane. He's only had 800 minutes of action, I think in all competitions. So not really a lot at all. Um, so I think, yeah, he's, he asked to go out on loan and he's had a number of options. Sociedad again were, um, were another option for him, but he's. It looks like he's going to choose Arsenal, which I think is brilliant news for us because we need to address that creativity, and I think he'll certainly mm -hmm. help do that. I, I I put it up on Facebook uh, on the Guns and the Yellow Ribbons and the Arsenal fans forum uh, pages that uh, I've been told that there has been um, 
uh, th there's been a slot, uh, say, for communications of a possible player signing and one on Sunday. And one would have thought, with all the noise around that, that it probably is going to happen, which, again, brilliant. If we, we, but does that not hinder Sabias? Does that not hinder Smith Rowe? Does that not hinder other players at all? My so God, why would it hinder? You know, well, Smith Rowe uh, especially. Why, why would it hinder Smith Rowe? At the end of the day, he can't play every game. It's There's true. a lot of games between now and the end of the season. He can't play. He can't physically play every game. He's only a young lad. He's still His bones are still growing. This is what I mean. This is what we're saying about Saka as well. He can't play every game. At the end of the day, he's still a young lad. We don't want to burn these young lads out before they've even started. Hmm. So it's it's a case of if it's cover, if it's only a loan move for cover for six months, I ain't got an issue with that. Yeah, you know, he's like Dan said, he's a highly regarded <clears throat> young player. If Real Madrid aren't going to want to get rid of him, and this is why I think that we've gone for the loan move, he's not going to come cheap. No, hey, Trevor, just... sentiment, mate. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, is there, is there a picture of my just, show on the Sorry, go boys. Um... Arsenal have just tweeted uh, on Alba's absence. He had a personal matter in the last few hours and they had to send him back. So that's that's why Alba's not there and not in the squad today. He's had a personal matter that he's had to go back for. Um, as for not, Odegaard, I've not seen him play. Yeah, I've not. But as for Odegaard, I've not seen him play. So I'll take Dan's word for it. Mike's right. Um, if we're going to, we've, we've got, we've got, we've had a bit of a clear out now. I think that clear out will continue in the summer. I think that, that, that there'll be space to, to put other players in the squad. Mike's exactly right. Smith Rowe can't play every game, although we wish he could. Um, so if he's a decent enough lad, let's see what he can do. Let's bring him in. We've got him on loan, so we're not tied to him. And I've sort of gone against what I said earlier there. So that's a positive about a loan move. I can see Sabios going back in the summer. Um and if we do get Odegaard, I think that'll be our business done for January, I would imagine. Just to, just, just to say, all, all these are in the nose, all these people that know on Twitter that, are, that we follow religiously, thank you for giving us the heads up on Ryan coming. Much appreciated. Just go <laughs> to show what they really know, isn't it, eh? <laughs> this is true. I actually did get a message from somebody, not the guy who normally comes along to me the day before saying Matt oh. Line get all over it. But um I I didn't I didn't take that much heat. I had other stuff going on. Um so Socrates. Uh Socrates, his contract was terminated by mutual consent. Um and I I just Trev, because you're all over Twitter by uh, you openly admitted it. His uh, departing message and the way he left. Some people could learn by that that it's, it, it, it was classy the way he, he left it, don't you think, Trev? You see, the, the thing is with us fans, Fergus, me personally, and, and there was a we had a little bit of a thread on Twitter about it the other day. I was talking to a really good friend of mine, John Williamson. He tweeted it. All I ask as a fan, right, is that you give everything for the club, you give everything for the badge, you give 100% every single game. And you show us, show the fans a bit of respect. That's all I ask. You haven't got to be a world beater. I just want to feel that when you walk off the field, you've given everything you possibly can for the Arsenal Football Club. And I have absolutely no doubt that Mr. Papa Socrates did that every game. Did that every game. And his leaving message was there was no finger pointing, there was no insinuations. 
there was no cryptic message like there has been in others. It was a simple message from Socrates. I've loved my time at the Arsenal, proud to have played for the Arsenal, and I'm leaving. And, and I'm gutted that I'm leaving. So he has my full support. I wish him all the best for the future. That is all I ask from a player, Fergus. All I ask. So I, I completely that. agree with you, Trev. Completely yeah. agree with you. End of the day, he's, he's been a professional for us. Like, Steve, you've just put something up there. He expects nothing less. He's, he's been a full professional for us. Um, so why not? You know, no one's no one said anything bad about him. He's never said anything bad about the club. He's never done anything. What he's done is he says, he said thank you. The club said thank you. Moved on. You know, that's it. That's all we need. Full professionalism. We don't need any of this bull crap from Mustafi. I'll say it. I ain't got an issue. I hate Mustafi. Everybody knows that. <laughs> I can't stand yes. it. Get out. <laughs> he's next. Oh, uh, chopping block. He's next. Fenerbahce FCs are You are sorry. I have such a nicer way of putting things than you, Michael. Mate, I don't <laughs> care. I ain't got no issue. Get out. <laughs> I could. I was going to swear quite a lot then, but I held myself back. I'm being professional. <laughs> The, la the last thing we, were, we mentioned that we we're going to talk about briefly, I don't know if we did touch on it a little, but um, the scouting and the way we've moved on to... Did, uh, did we talk about this in the show or was that just beforehand? I think I think it was just beforehand. We, before, we let, yeah. Yeah. Um, scouting has moved to a much more digital sort of uh, platform. I heard a, a thing on one of the radio stations talking about um, a scouting app now where you can record 20... Uh, regimented views and it's shared around among clubs so you can see how good, bad or indifferent you are. Uh, Trev, you had an opinion on scouting in general and it going into more digital and then you asked Dan a question on it, didn't you? Yeah, just for me, Fergus, it's, it's just quite simple, really. I don't understand it in that. I, and I can answer your question with a question and then let Dan maybe answer answer it. All I'll say is, how many times have you been to a game of football, watched a game of football live at the Emirates or Ivory or wherever, and then got home and seen it played back on the telly and thought, I'm watching a totally different game here. I'm watching a totally different game. This this does not truly reflect what I saw on that field today. And that's all. That just just raising that point, I'm, I'm thinking to myself. So how can you properly watch a player? digitally on video or however they're going to do it you can't see the work that they do off the ball you can't see the calling for the ball you you can't see the energy levels you can't see their their awareness of how to read a game so yeah i don't quite understand how that can be a step forward to, for me mate dan um yeah just for a bit of background in terms of why Arsenal are doing this um, in terms of going more data-driven and, and stats and, and analytics and stuff like that. It's basically because there was all the scouts that were made redundant. I personally didn't agree with that. I, I, I think Trev is right. You need to go and watch a player in person. Um, but it's not it's not the first time Arsenal have used the stat-driven kind of scouting system. So over the past kind of eight, nine, ten years, they've been um, using something called Stat DNA. So it originally started as an analytics company that were outside the club and then were bought in-house by Ivan Gazidis. Um, and it's it's got a bit of a checkered history in terms of signing. So it recommended people like Mustafi 
Um, but then it didn't recommend people like Antoine Griezmann, who eventually turned into a world-class player. They, they didn't think statistically he looked like a good enough player. Um, so it has got a bit of a checkered history. Um, but I completely agree with Trev. I think you have to go and watch a player in person because the numbers can lie to you sometimes. Let's take Meza Ozil, for example. Uh, when he came into the game against Nottingham Forest at the start of last season, he'd obviously you know been exiled by Emery. And he came into that game and created six chances. And a lot of people were saying, oh, look, he's back. He's back to his best. If you watch the game back, I think three or four of those six chances, he rolls a five-yard pass. Is that a true reflection of you know creating six chances? I think not if you're playing simple five-yard passes. So you have to go and watch a player in person to see their movement and what is actually going on because the stats can lie to you. As as Steve says, uh, Perez, Karlstrom and yeah. Dennis Suarez were all all recommended. I believe DNA uh, stats, our stats DNA is owned by Stan Kroenke as well, isn't it? Uh, I'm not entirely sure on that, but all oh. I know is that it was basically just bought in-house by Arsenal a few years ago. So it is now something that Arsenal own. I don't know whether it's Cronky. Well, I imagine, you know, due to his Arsenal ownership, he probably does own a stake in it, but... Mm-hmm. Guys, um... Americanized. Use, use that, well, that's the thing. They use them stat DNA things to for, you know, for the American football. They use it for, I think it's NBA, NFL... It's it's all stuff like that. That's what they use the stat DNA for. But if you look at, uh, for instance, the NFL stats mean everything because the game it it goes so slowly. You, you, them stats mean everything. But in football, um, it's just it, it, you can't base everything on stats. It just yeah, can't. American football. American football is more like a series of set plays rather yeah. than. That rather than a flowing game like rugby or like football, even rugby is a bit more set play side of things. Uh, guys, um, FA Cup 12 15. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I might even crack open the fridge behind me. And uh, uh, once it goes 12 o'clock, because I think that's what the legal the legal uh, definition Five is. O'clock but, somewhere, but, mate. Captain's out. <laughs> the captain's out. The captain's out. Hey ho, <laughs> guys! Thank you very much for joining us again, Dan. Uh, give you a shout out to where people can find you and, and tell them a bit about the Guna fanzine as well. Uh, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at journodanm. Uh, and as for the Guna, uh, we're doing a lot of good work at the moment. We've got a, got a new edition coming out for subscribers uh, over the next few days. Um, if you're not a subscriber, you can head over to the onlineguna.com, go to our shop, and you can subscribe that way or subscribe for the digital edition. So multiple ways to read us, and then obviously online as well. I'll have my player ratings, uh, which I know Trev reads religiously um, at full time today. So yeah, make sure um, make sure. Get you, <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks very much, mate. Um, Mike, you're not only on Guns and Yellow Ribbons; you're also elsewhere. Tell people where else they can find you and what shows you do. Yes, uh, we. I am on Ars Bros on the Friday Ars Show. We just recently filmed one last night. Uh, it is a long one, but it's well worth a watch. It's really, really good, last night's one. So, yeah, it's definitely worth it. It is on YouTube. It's on Facebook. It's on SoundCloud. It's on Spotify. By all means, go for it. And I think there's a lot of content coming from Aspros over the next week. So, yeah, go for it. It's well worth it. And Trev, they can just find you on here, thankfully, isn't it? Yeah, on Twitter. Like, at the moment, yeah, at the moment, I'm, I'm considering other offers, Fergus, but at the moment, <laughs> yeah. I'm still waiting. Yeah. Come on for me, Trev. Yeah, yeah, I will, Michael. Do you know what? After the way he's been treating me recently, mate, pencil me in. Let me know when. Let me know when. I'm <laughs> Fridays, mate. Right, every Friday. Just, just before we go, right? Just before we go, going back to the stats for about five seconds, Fergus. I'll tell you where I look at statistics, right? 
one one team had one shot on target during a 90-minute game. One team had 20 shots on target during a 90-minute game. Who wins the game? Who wins the game? You can't trust stats. You can't trust stats. It's um, it's just it's more about seeing what you see on the field. Yeah, Michael, Agreed. just a private message me, mate. I won't tell Fergus. All right, son. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Right, guys, just very briefly, getting serious again. As you know, my good wife has been ill with coronavirus. I've done this for a month. Uh, I don't. If it bores you, I really don't care. Um, I just want people to stick to the rules and do what they, what they need to do. She's still in hospital. She is recovering well. Fingers crossed we might get her out next week. But, you know, there's a lot of people I have, um, I, I know of people who've been, unfortunately, much more serious. So please just stick to the rules. Uh, you know, wash your hands, stay away from people, wear a mask. Uh, I use the analogy every time that everyone I could pass on to you, you and you, none of us get any symptoms. I get very mild and then you just bump into somebody that you love or care about and give it to them and they get it really bad. Um, so please, um, I won't go on anymore, but thank you very much uh, for giving me that couple of minutes. You have been watching an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans, Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Follow us on Twitter at Guns and Ribbons, on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and on YouTube at Guns and Yellow Ribbons. With regards to YouTube, we'd love if you'd subscribe to us because we're trying to get up to a thousand subscribers. We're currently just under 400. If you subscribe to us and we get to a thousand, you'll even see when we get back to normal, myself and Trev, uh, we can broadcast live from the pub when Trev's on the captains again. So uh, it's Don't well. Don't assume that, Fergus. Don't assume <laughs> that. Like I said, I've got offers. I've got offers. <laughs> Boys, thanks very much. And one last thing to say up the arse. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.